Thank you for joining the Roche Republic podcast. In our fourth episode, your hosts Adrian Klee and Mikko Riikkinen discuss the future of banking services for small and medium-sized enterprises. SMEs are the growth engine of Europe, where over 90% of businesses are classified within that category. That is naturally a huge and diverse group of businesses, ranging from well-digitized startups to the classic one-man craft band, for whom the creation of a business website is a real step forward on the road of digitization. So the segment of SMEs is very fragmented and their needs and expectations for their banking providers are equally diverse. Small players need banking as much as large corporations and above all banking that is tailored for them. Small businesses have thus far been squeezed between retail and corporate banking customers, usually resulting in ill-fitting banking services without tailoring. So what's next for SME banking? Can there be a one-fits-all account? Or might there be more specialized banking players focusing on niche solutions? Yeah, welcome to listen to our episode of uh, SME banking and uh Today we want to talk about the future of banking services for SMEs. So yeah. Should we start what an SME actually is? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, um, if you look around, SMEs typically um, are a super diverse target group. So there can be um, small barber shops. It could be, um, uh, you know, a, a small digital startup. Um, so the SME target group is extremely fragmented and diverse. Um, and I think that's that's already the first. Um, yeah, the first challenge to really define what what is an an SME. An SME, I think there are different official um, classifications like um, size of the company, number of employees, um, the turnover, and so on. Um, but of course, if you then look a little bit deeper into the different segments, you see that they have vastly different needs, especially when it comes to banking. For example, a flower shop might need a point of sale solution to accept different kinds of payments from cash to cards. Um, to maybe e-commerce now during Corona, and um, someone, uh, so, yeah, someone like who's doing only um, services or digital services might need stronger e-commerce services and digital services in general. So um, I think, um, well, how to define an SME is therefore um, a little bit different to the typical corporate customers, which are which can be maybe put into more sim- or simpler clusters. Um, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, I think that's a yeah again a good good question uh, is to figure out if the if SMEs should be put into segments based on their industry or their size. Yeah. Or actually, is there some other way to group them? Like, for example, putting them together based on their customers or based on their main sales channel. Like yeah. you know if. If you're a shop selling online, does it really matter what what you are actually selling from the banking services perspective? Yeah. Or if you a corner store selling an item, uh, like a some kind of uh, long-lasting item, does it really matter which kind of item you are selling, or is the business actually really similar? I don't know from a kids' uh, bookstore to grown-up uh, bookstore. Let's yeah. put it like this. Um, Or then another angle to it is for sure to to figure out if uh, there's some other things combining those entrepreneurs with each other. Maybe they have some common causes also. They they want to follow. They want to kind of be part of a certain kind of community. But I think every every bank should uh, be creative with those decisions. But uh, as 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 we can hear from this one, SMEs are a really Broad, it's like a really broad term to use. Yeah. So I think everybody just needs to 
internally figure out what they mean by SME. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when I was working at Hovi, um, we typically targeted the, the freelance businesses, so only one person who has no employees. Exactly. And if you look at the data, this is already is a super diverse target group. There are some freelancers that are only working part-time as a side business um, who might have even below 20,000 uh, euros turnover per year. And others are doing this full-time as a extremely uh, well-paid uh, professional who, who's making over 200,000 per year. So, exactly. so this already, and of course, then you already see that they have different demands and expectations towards the banking as well. Um, some freelancers are working internationally and are traveling a lot. So that, of course, also means that they need um, maybe multi-currency accounts or need to accept payments in different currencies. So um, from that perspective, it's already um, also um, yeah, very fragmented. And then when you move up a little bit to the small, really small companies, the micro companies, up to 10 employees, um, there already you go into payroll and, um, and lending and so on. So that's, that's already a, a, a segment on its own. And then above that, up to 50 employees and multi-millions uh, of turnover. Um, that's, that's already, um, yeah, also uh, a segment on its own. So, um, um, yeah, I think that's super interesting. And what you just mentioned also with the different different um, like networks of those customers, I think that's also a crucial point because we at Holvi also always thought about how can we tap into those different um, verticals of small companies that are already networked among like with among each other. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's, that's a super, super important part of it if you want to serve this SME target group because a dentist does not talk to a, a freelance graphic designer. So if the dentist has a super good and interesting banking solution, the graphic designer will not know about it, but might, maybe he might be interested in, in something like it. So, so what we thought is um, that in, in order to grow effectively in this um, freelance and SME market, you need to have solutions, or you, at least you need to start with certain verticals that talk to each other so that you can get a little bit of growth into certain word of, um, word of customers. Amongst yeah. them. That's a good point. So, so for example, yoga teachers are super networked and um, a lot of like in Berlin, for example, um, there are many that many people that do yoga courses as a side business. And for that, you also should have uh, a division between your private money and your business, um, you know, and your business. So they need, um, they need business banking as well. And for that, it, it's always an interesting thought to think about those target groups in terms of networks um, in order to grow quickly. So I think um, in a nutshell, it, it is just very um, difficult to grasp this uh, target group since it's very diverse, has very, um, especially when it comes to banking, different, different needs and demands. Um, of course, another interesting angle to look at the life cycle of those small companies is also by yeah, looking at the life cycle and the maturity of the business. So if you just start up or even before you have found the business, um, you have different needs like evaluating the business idea, evaluating funding needs where the bank could already play a role. Um, then after you have founded the business or are in the process of founding, um, you, need, uh, you need a separate, well, basically you need a business account to pay in um, the, the, the um, share capital. Um, and that's also a topic of its own, at least in Germany, because not, uh, there's a little bit of a chicken egg, egg problem. Sometimes you need to go to the bank um, and before that you had, had to have you visit at the notary and so on. Then you need to prove your, your payment of the share capital. And after that, the notary will actually officially found your business and register it. So, so there are different steps in this stage as well. And then, of course, after you found the business, um, you want to grow and you want to get for your first customers. And 
you want to get a actually a good um, overview of your finances, what comes in, what goes out, and then yeah, as soon as you move into this micro company or real SME stage, of course, then you have um, as as we just mentioned also different different needs when it comes to the banking. Um, so I think from that perspective, yeah, it's 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 interesting to look at it um, since it's just very diverse, but at the same time it's a huge target group. Um, because 99% of all companies in Germany, and um, I think for Europe it's almost the same number, are SMEs, SMEs exactly. are small companies, yeah. Exactly. No, and uh, good that you brought up Holvia. I think uh, before we jump into the future, uh, it's always good to kind of think where we came from, in a way that if I think of beginning of 2000s, and, and uh, uh, for example, when I joined uh, back then some Sampo Bank in Finland, we had uh, we had a unit called, I think it was e-business and segment solutions or something. And basically what we did back then there was to combine uh, the online banking, or business banking, online banking with the systems that the accounting agencies or accounting services were using. And you could kind of, you could import your account information into the accountant's yeah. system and and the accountant could advise you or you could mark some of the kind of cost lines on your account um, account information by you know like adding information into that one yeah and I think there was already other stuff in the beginning of 2000 that happened kind of towards this and then if I think of Holvi what you brought up like the first version of Holvi that I saw or uh, the kind of the pitch in the in the really beginning was to was to kind of value proposition on we combine web shop and we combine accountant and we uh, combine the business account yeah make that easy for you and I think but I think like those are kind of the steps we took so what do you see what is then the next step like where where do we go with from here yeah yeah um, well I think um, the next step. It, of course, it's a big topic. <laughs> so um, um, I think there are basically two two options um, at the moment. So either because what we've seen with Holvi and all the others that are coming after that, um, Penta, Conto. Um, yeah, because there's first, so many services coming. Up and it uh, kind uh, of yeah. feels like why wouldn't you, as a big bank, just launch your own yeah. kind of sub brand for SME banking and, and then do another Penta or Holvi or so. Um, I mean, definitely, I think in general, what's for what's next, what, from what I've seen now after working with Holby and so on, is that either you're just a commodity player that really um, caters to all SMEs and just have a very solid base offering. So a very efficient account opening, digital, um, you know, KYC, everything that you can do on your couch. And then um, you just have a digital account that works super well. Um, in the best case, also multi-currency accounts. And, and then you just develop different integrations into all the systems that your customers are using anyways. Um, because from the SME perspective, how many time or how much time do you spend in your bank account? It's, and it's, it's, first of all, it's not fun <laughs> to look into your bank account and yeah. to look at those interfaces uh, that the traditional banks have built. And of course, the fintechs um, are doing it a little bit better, but um, usually those offerings are not really intelligent. They just are, a yeah, dynamic like a list of transaction things, list. Like a spreadsheet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so so most of the time where small business that most businesses spend is actually in Excel and and working on projects. And and um, for example for invoicing and so on, many people are not even using professional solutions but just write invoices in Excel and Word. Um, 
and that's where they spend the time. So the bank account is not yet seen as an intelligent solution that actually brings you insights into how to run your business or how to improve your finances. So either you accept that and you just build the best digital business business account commodity that is out there. Um, and there's definitely still a lot of room to improve business banking for, for those SMEs. Yeah. Um, so digital account opening, um, very nice interfaces and um, works on, on mobile as well as in a web yeah. app. And then in, you can invoicing and something in there. Yeah. No, I think that's that will be the second option. But the first option would just be have a really solid digital like offering or, and yeah. then integrate through into um, accounting systems, for example. Or like, that's that's where most um, SMEs spend then their time. Um, after you have reached a certain size, a lot of them are using in Germany, for example, it's LexOffice. Um, or if you have an accountant, they're using Datev. So um, so you would just build integrations into those systems so yeah. that um, you as an SME customer, you know that this bank account works well it makes your accountant happy, it, or if you're doing your accounting yourself, it makes yourself happy because you have the integration into your preferred accounting system and it works in real time. So um, you will never log into your bank account again, but it's a solid offering. And of course, if, exactly. you, if you have a card and you're happy to, to pay for that basic service basically. And um, this would be the commodity product factory play yeah. where you're just the product provider and you build integrations into all the systems where your customers spend most time in. Um, which is a, a deliberate decision. And I think it's good to choose a side what you want to be as a, for, for those business customers. And going forward, the second option for me that's also um, super interesting is how to make sure that customers are actually logging into your bank account and staying there and getting value out of it. And of course, then you need to think about what else you need to integrate. If you don't build the integrations into external systems, what do you need to provide as a bank in order to be interesting or an interesting um, software and interface? So then you go into already into the direction where Holvi went because they integrated the e-commerce, they integrated the invoicing, a little bit of accounting, um, and of course the um, business analytics dashboard is there as well. And that's yeah, already that that's point. already yeah. um, a tremendous um, uh, leap forward where you already as a bank provide um, different insights and different services based on the, the transactions and the payments and the account that you're giving your customers and and that's so either yeah so either you're um, integrating into systems and are okay with the fact that you don't really own the customers but they will really um, use different systems and um, on the other hand if you really want to build something that keeps your customers close to you and that has high engagement and high activity into your in your product then you need to think about using like with Holby using the bank account and the transactions as the horizontal baseline and then on top of that you build different modules which can be um, can be uh, 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 yeah can be accounting which can be e-commerce which can be simple stuff like invoicing and um, of course analytics is another very interesting field um, because then you can can show your customer cash flow analysis and where the business is going um, which is a huge huge advantage of course usually you have that in your accounting system but um, Sometimes SMEs favor integrated solutions. So if you as a bank are seen as a trusted party and you provide them with all the insights about the business, that's already, um, yeah, that's a big uh, competitive advantage. And Contest, for example, is doing that for freelancers. So they give you um, an overview of the VAT that you're owing to the state, like to, to the tax mm. office. So um, that's, that's already going into this direction where you get a lot of value out of the bank account due to the analytics that the bank has. Um, and then, of course, lending is a super big topic for SMEs as well. So 
um, or at least a big opportunity for the banks. So um, if you already have the insights into accounts payable and accounts receivable due to yeah. the accounting integrations, then of course you can factor that into your risk and then providing um, specialized lending solutions directly in the interface that's already tailored to this exact business based on the data and the transaction histories and so on. Um, and I think that's also a huge opportunity space, like factoring, for example, or invoice-based financing. If you already have that in your bank account and you know this business is running since three years very successfully, or it takes 10 days on average uh, until they get paid um, their open invoices, using this data to, to offer customized financing solutions is, um, it would be a, a huge advantage. And there are already some startups like Aprilia Bank in, um, I think in the Nordics, they're offering a solution like that as well. Um, even though they have, they have used the first, um, the first strategy, which is they don't even have a product, they are actually only living inside accounting solutions. So they're providing factoring integrations with the biggest accounting um, tools um, and accounting offices. And um, you, yeah, as, as far as I know, you cannot even use them as a bank in, yeah. the, in a normal sense. Yeah, they're only offering their products and factoring solutions inside and accounting solutions. So I think this is, this is a really interesting space um, going forward. Yeah, yeah, so. so basically, if I kind of uh, summarize in between uh, how how it would make sense for everybody to work doesn't matter if you're a bank or a fintech you need to first figure out how do you internally see smes who yep. those are then you need to figure out in the next step uh, how do you do your segments is it based on the size or the communities or yeah i don't know the way how they act yeah i think you and need, then to, you need to have this this beachhead vertical that um, yeah exactly. that, that, that's um that's also based on the um, on this theory of technology adoption where you need to have a, a vertical uh, customer group that you can serve extremely well at the beginning. You can't be the best banking solution for everyone. Exactly. Um, so I think especially if to win over SMEs, that's what you just said. This, this step in the journey to really define the target groups is extremely, extremely def uh, uh, relevant. Yeah. Exactly. And after you then figured out who is your core target group or your main target group, then you see if you want to build up a product-based solution yep. or kind of value proposition-based solution, something that you you combine the basic services with some extension yep. of, you know, in Holvis case, it was the, the web shop and so on, like what it, whatever resonates with your target group yep. or if your solution is actually what you actually brought up, which is interesting, this kind of invisible fintech yep. solution, which can be implemented in the existing systems where you don't have your own interface and you don't even try to get the people to your interface that you actually just want to kind of yeah. swim into other other systems. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Um, what about um, kind of getting further? How would you, um, if you would be now a large bank and you have identified that, okay, when, well, in our strategy, it says that we want to concentrate on SMEs. Like, what would be the, yeah. where would you start from? Like, what would you do as the first? Yeah, I think it's 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 similar to what you just mentioned. Um, uh, what's definitely super important is to find is to find out if the um, what product vision do you have. Um, I mean, typically the I think if you look at the traditional banks, they have retail customers and corporate customers. And the small SMEs, the freelancers are squeezed in between. They're not really a retail customer. For example, the freelancers, they, they, they behave like them sometimes, but they still have business needs. 
um, but they're also not a corporate banking customer. So, so they, I think they, they are always squeezed in between, um, and and they're as we just mentioned at the beginning, a hard or difficult group um, to grasp in in the first place. So, so that's I think that's um, that's the first step to define. Okay, who do you want to serve in the SME space? Is it the freelancers or is it is it the already um, micro SMEs up to ten employees or or bigger? Um, and then, and then to define what what value propositions can you actually offer them that make their life easier. Um, so this 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 problem, first of all, the, the discovery phase where you really define your product vision and the solution that you want to want to give to this customer group. And then secondly, to have um, a really good idea about the the problem that this target group currently has with a really fresh um, fresh mind, because um, of course the banks know. A lot about financing needs, for example, that SMEs have. But um, if you really visit, or if if you basically shadow an SME or small SME customer for a week, you find a lot of different pain points that those that they have on a on a yeah on a daily basis. So um, um, defining the problems that you want to solve are that's that's um, yeah that's that's just a typical innovation activity that you need to follow um, in order to then come up with solutions that are a good fit for this uh, specific target group. So. Um, I think for the banks, that's extremely important. You, yeah, you, you cannot just offer or launch a downgraded corporate bank account for this um, exactly. type group. So it needs to it needs to start with the customer centricity and the and the, and the insights into how this type group works. Um, already, I mean, if you look at them, I think the adoption of digital tools might be even higher than other SME target groups. So small SMEs and freelancers, they're already working with, um, they're already working with Google Suite, they already work with Slack. Um, they, they have a lot of um, digital tools already, so they expect this, a solution like this, which the bank maybe doesn't offer yet. So, so having this discovery phase is, is just extremely important to then reiterate and, and actually build stuff that, this, that, that they need. And then, um, yeah, and then yeah, this goes either that. into the direction that we talked about. Either your product provider that just integrates with the with the best tools, which can be Slack, which can be that's that's for example Revolut Business. They have built different APIs. Yeah. You can either use the API if you can do that as a small business to um, to basically uh, integrate your banking data into your own systems and to build uh, custom triggers um, like payment triggers or um, notifications. And um, and secondly, Revolut has built different integrations into all sorts of um, tools, like accounting tools like Xero and so on. So um, yeah, that that would be one one direction. The other one would be to to build a a solution that's more tailored to a specific type group, and then as we said, integrates different features and so on already into the banking interface in order to provide more value and more stickiness. Yeah, exactly. And I think kind of uh, I. One thing that I took out of that was uh, the discovery phase that basically it would make sense to do the discovery phase first, figure out what do we want to do. And then before starting doing, I would still see that, you know, if there's somebody already within that space, like let's say that we would be a large bank. Yeah. I would seriously consider or like have a look at the market if there's somebody doing exactly that stuff. And if there's yeah. an opportunity to partner with them. Because they, of course, you know, yeah. if they started, let's say a year ago, they are at least a year ahead of us already now. Yeah. And uh, knowing the abilities and the challenges of large organizations, yeah. Uh, if somebody started to do exactly that stuff, stuff, with as a small group with resources a year ago, to catch up with them, takes more than more than money. So it actually might make more sense to find a partnership with them and yep. uh, get to the same goal then together yep. with the partner. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what BBVA did. They, they bought Holby in 2016. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I thought as well. That it's, uh, you know, in their case, I, I, I assume, I don't know of the background, but I could imagine that they kind of identified that, hey, that's actually a space we want to be. So what is out there? Okay, yeah. Holby is out there. What can we do? And then, you know. Of course, yeah. And, and it's, it's basically, basically um, f- uh, built on this partner by acquire or invest strategy of, exactly. of BBVA. And... Um, yeah, there are different ways to do this. Either you buy it like BBA or you build a greenfield um, like Deutsche Bank with first in Germany. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I mean, Holby is now one of the largest um, SME banking players with 300,000 customers across Europe. Um, so, yeah, it, it is just a massive um, opportunity in, to really solve these customers with the banking um, products that they deserve. Um, and I think it has been a little bit of a neglected target group by the big banks, which is why you have all these different um, SME um, fintechs that are popping up. So, um, yeah, I think that's, um, uh, that's exactly um, why, why this is a big uh, market opportunity. And um, I think for the fintechs, if you look at the, uh, at the future and what they could launch next, um, there are definitely a few opportunities where I see either the segment focus or even sub-segment focus. Um, so really doing banking for software companies or software developers. That, Offering, that, yeah, 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 true. That might be one um, going forward. Um, the second one is... As I, as I already mentioned a little bit, I think this credit and factoring and really integrated lending that takes into account, maybe even utilizes um, uh, PSD2-based um, transaction um, analysis of, of all the different banks that a uh, business customer has, and then really um, going forward with um, lending and credit innovation is, is another one. Yeah, and I think in that space, you could uh, you don't need to have the money that you lend. I think if you can offer a solution yeah. to kind of make fast credit decisions yeah. or make it somehow easier, or more accessible to both ends, like to the lender and to the one who is taking it. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of lot of opportunities there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's even probably the biggest one um, since none so far of the new fintechs are offering something in this space. Um, I know that Penta has an integration with Evoca, which is a lender, but none of them have actually really used their competitive advantage, which, which is um, which is data um, and then data analytics. So they have the best view of those customers and should be able to lend. Um, better than the big banks to 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 this super fragmented target group, um, so I think this is this is really where they should focus next um, after they have built super beautiful interfaces and really sleek uh, modern digital onboarding um, solutions. I think the the next step is really to to go into lending. Um, since if, I mean, if you're a freelancer or a small business, you have a really hard time to. Um, get good credit solutions from the traditional banks. So I think this this might be another competitive advantage for those niche specialized players that are targeting SMEs. Um, and of course, the third one would be really um, this direction, uh, the second strategy we talked about to really see this bank bank account as a commodity and go really full into the integration into software and SaaS services um, and really um, offer your, your business banking products where the customer already spends most of his time, which is just the accounting in your P system or or Slack or Slack or, or yeah. Google. Um, so really thinking in embedded banking terms uh, where you can integrate your financial products, whether it's lending and have, you know, integrating factoring directly into accounting solution is a no brainer, actually. So I think that's that's the first step. And, and then, of course, you can think about more more sophisticated ways to do it and, and certain triggers, um, you know, if in your bank account, if you see that um, 
well, uh, you, you might have cash flow problem, problems at the end of the year um, that you need to um, set, put aside a certain amount of money already now and have certain triggers that, you, that lets you know that you should do this um, and, and you already have this information available um, or in your apps that you already use um, so you, can, you don't even need to log into your bank account to do something but you already have proactively an intelligent service that takes care of your finances That's, um, that might be another uh, very interesting solution or to segment. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's about uh, SME yep. banking and the future. Thanks for listening.